Hello, welcome to First Thoughts. I'm Connor Azagari. And I'm Caleb Leger. And today we're discussing uh, Diablo Cody and Zelda Williams' new teen comedy, Lisa Frankenstein. A bizarre, kind of weird science meets Heather's twist on 80s teen culture for a new generation that is getting widely ignored in favor of another lukewarm week of Argyle. So, you know, we're in kind of the doldrums of the movie season where, you know, Christmas was fun, but now we're all just kind of waiting for this for May. But I, you know, these films are still worth checking out. They're still worth seeing. This was a $13 million film that could recoup its budget if like just a few people gave a shit. And I'm I'm hoping we can convince some of you to give a shit. I thought it was pretty good. It goes back to I'm going to try this for once. This will be the only time I say it because this is probably going to be a recurring theme like it is every single year. But I don't want to hear anyone online bitch about there not being original things in the movie theaters when you make the original things flop horrendously at the box office. Yeah, it's an endless, you know, what have you done for me lately kind of argument that I'm I'm really getting tired of, you know. There are filmmakers out there working to make original fun ideas based off of screenplays that are very near and dear to their heart. You know, this one included. And regrettably, no one fucking cares unless there's, you know, some recognizable IP attached to it, which, you know, you'd think the name Frankenstein would at least, you know, trick a few people into going to see this. Right. <laughs> I guess not. Uh, I watched the pre-show at Alamo Drafthouse beforehand where Diablo Cody talked about some of her influences on this movie and said that the idea for Lisa Frankenstein came to her in the fucking 80s when she watched Weird Science for the first time. She said, well, she thought to herself, well, what if it was a couple of girls creating the perfect guy? And that idea just never left her head. So I mean, that's a, that's, that makes this a pretty damn personal story. It's just, you know, something she's been sitting on for you know, a few decades. And now to have that, you know, kind of come and go, it's got to hurt. Yeah, and especially because she, I read some interviews where she talked about, um, you know, before this, family doesn't know, uh, Diablo, Diablo Cody also wrote um, Juno and Jennifer's Body. Um, Juno, which apparently I think is getting kind of like, I guess, not looked favorably on in more recent years. I disagree. Uh, that movie's hilarious. She won an Oscar for original screenplay for that movie. It's well-deserved. It's really funny. It's very heartfelt, and those people can go fuck themselves. I, I still like it. I did. I still enjoy that movie quite a bit. Um, but I know people don't talk as nicely about it. Like, I don't know what, what happened. I enjoyed it when I saw it, but whatever. Um, and then she also did Jennifer's Body, which has been getting a reappraisal in more recent years. I was in that camp that didn't really like it. Um, I don't know if it was just like the Megan Fox of it all at the time or or <laughs> what. I didn't really get into it. Um, but it is one that I, I do, I would like to rewatch and see if maybe um, it, if if years Hasty coming out would make make me like it more and kind of understand what that movie was going for more than when I first saw it as a high school lad. Um, but she was talking about in interviews that she actually had a really hard time accepting when Jennifer's body flopped and people didn't like it. She she sure admitted she goes in her words, she was salty about it. You know, she wasn't happy. She really wanted people to like it, and she was even kind of bitter at she said it managed to be bitter at first when the reappraisal was happening. She's like, where were you in the theaters when it came out? Now you like it. But she did say recently, she's finally come to terms with it. And it's like, Hey, you know what? You're watching it. You like it. Thank you. And I hate that she had like, she's kind of giving us like this big thing about like personally what she went through with that film, just for it to look like it's going to repeat with Lisa Frankenstein. It is unfortunate. And I, I get where she's coming from. You know, as a writer myself, you know, to, if I came out with something that was, you know, if I, I created something that I was very proud of and it made no money. And then like 10 years later, people are like, well, that that was really good. But I get nothing out of that. I'd be kind of upset. Like, yeah, I'd be like, you know, where were you when I needed you? Like, I, I get that. 
Uh, and also, you know, to just have to deal with the fall, like negative fallout from a movie that you created that you might think is really good, but no one really understands. That's also got to hurt. And I, yeah, I do think you're right. I think history is going to repeat itself with Lisa Frankenstein. And that's unfortunate because this I felt was way more relatable. Admittedly, I haven't seen Jennifer's body. I, I, I know a bit about it. I remember the trailers. Uh, I also just don't like Megan Fox. So I didn't even bother seeing that. Um, but I love Juno. So, you know, I'm not entirely unversed with her work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But this is a, this is a fun horror comedy really, really comes close to that. Like it, it barely like if there was like a, a, like a barrier between PG 13 and R it's like right on the fucking edge of PG 13. Yeah, they get away with some jokes and um some other stuff in this film. I was like, damn, they were kind of pushing their their limits on the R rating here. Um, but hey, I'm all about it. Push it as far as you can. Make this stuff dangerous again in a way. Like push those ratings as far as you can if you have to. I'm down with it. Yeah, you know, take the salt and pepper approach. You know, push it, push it real good. Push it, push it <laughs> real good. But um, it is weird. Like, doesn't this feel like it was? supposed to be rated r do you, you get I, that vibe i don't get that vibe at all but i'm also one of those that in in all in all seriousness i don't care about ratings i don't think pg-13 holds horror back if you make it with that in mind if you don't well, for me i'm just thinking like i mean we have a full-on graphic castration in this movie <laughs> uh how the hell did that sneak past the mpa because you don't see the dick. You see the shadow of the dick and balls. Exactly. Exactly. You see the shadow. You don't actually see it. Well, Trent was he was he was packing, just you know, good for him. Uh he was not, packing. not anymore, but you know, at the time. Uh but yeah, just you know, with all the murder and the and the dick, and like yeah, it, it does it, I just feel like who got bribed to make this a PG-13? Because this this feels like an R. <laughs> uh, I also feel like that's just like the shifting sands of time. And I get, who knows, maybe they're finally reversing back on some things and not being cooler with stuff. I don't know. The MPA is a weird beast because it's not, it's, it's weird. What I've heard about how the MPA rates stuff, it's, there's no actual organization or like anything concrete behind it it's just almost like how they feel that day oh it's insanely arbitrary it's whoever you've got if you have some hyper christian nut who's like you know don't you take the name the lord's name in vain they're going to edit your thing to death but if you've got some loosey-goosey you know matthew mcconaughey type who just got high that morning and is just happy to keep on keeping on you're probably going to sneak past some crazy shit so you know it really yeah. depends on who you got yeah and also you can't fight them adam green Talks about a really funny story where I think for a Hatchet, it was like going to be or something, and he was like, "I'm just going to appeal. I'm going to fight them on their rating." And a lot of his buddies were like, "Hey, you don't want to do that. No one wins appeals with the MPA ever." And he's like, "No, I'm going to do it." He he says he goes, "I was young, stupid, and dumb when I made that decision." He goes, "I fought it." He goes, "I thought it was a real constructive argument." Um, but the first thing they asked was. Has anyone seen the films Mr. Green has mentioned in his appeal? And they all went no, and they looked at him and went, the rating stays. Ah, That's cold. <laughs> yeah, and he's like... Yeah, yeah, like so at, this at this point, like, do we even need the rating system anymore? I mean, considering how accessible everything is, does anybody even look at that shit anymore? But considering how many parents still complain about shit they, they should have made sure not to show their kids, no, no one pays attention. I mean, I, I think, you know, I've always thought it should be up to the parents to decide what's best for their kids. It shouldn't be my responsibility to. Yeah. So I maybe we, maybe we should get rid of the rating system. Just make art. Yeah, I would say do whatever the video game industry is doing. Follow their their fucking way of doing it, because I hear no complaints when it comes to like the video games ESRB's rating system. Like they have very apparently really good guidelines on like this. Is what constitutes an in rating? This constitutes a T, so on and so forth. When was the last time you saw a game that was rated E for everyone? Uh, I'm 31 years old, so wait, no, when I bought Ratchet and Clank. 
Rift Apart. That was the last time. Pretty sure that's a T. No, I'm pretty sure it's E. Hmm. Uh, that's too far. I could go. I could go prove you wrong, but then I'd leave. I could. There and I could prove you wrong because it's definitely rated E for everyone, buddy. That's weird. I I always thought. All right, you know, we're pausing Lisa Frankenstein. We're going to talk about this game for a second. <laughs> Honestly, I'm typing it in myself. I am too. Uh, boom. What do we got? Wow, look at that. E for everyone. E10 plus specifically. E10 plus. Well, that's a shock. Wow. More in the Ratchet and Clank games were T's. You thought you're like some adult that so no, you're playing Ratchet and Clank. It, it's their games made for children. As you far know, as they are. You own it too. Shut the fuck up. I'm saying though, I can admit <laughs> it's a game made for children, so I'm aware it's rated E. Oh, excuse me. I just thought a game, you know, a game with like a game series with uh, subtitles like "Up Your Arsenal" and "Going Commando" was was T, but I guess that's you think, you think any kids gonna actually know what those mean? I did. Uh, most kids are stupid. Well, I, thank you. <laughs> That was a that was a weird way to compliment me, but thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, back to Lisa Frankenstein. Um, so this movie stars uh, Catherine Newton, uh, Cole Sprouse, Lisa Soberano or Liza Soberano, and Carla Giugino, uh, who I was hoping was going to be in it more, but uh, that's just because I really enjoyed her recent performance in the Fall of the, Ho- the House of Usher. God, she was spectacular in that movie, in that show. And she is just such a terrible, and horrible 80s bitch mom in this. She's an 80s Karen to a T. It oh is God. God, she's even she's... wearing the like Jane Fonda workout tape costume. Yeah, it's fucking oh, she's I mean, don't get me wrong, she is chewing the scenery up in this role, but God, her character's insufferable. It's like the whole, you know, I am a good person shit. Like Here's you know oh. here's some advice. If you ever have to tell somebody you're a good person, you're not a good person. No. Or that whole scene when they're having dinner, she got the pizza and Lisa doesn't like all the meat on it, and she's like, and even her who I I know we'll talk about Laffy. Was it Taffy? Taffy, yeah. Taffy. We'll talk about her links. I actually really liked her character, but we'll talk about her soon. Um, when she was like, told you to get Lisa something different, mom, and she's like. Yeah, but then I want to be able to get the free soda with my coupon. I'm like, you care more about a free soda than like accommodating for your stepdaughter that doesn't eat meat. Also, real quick, fuck Lisa's dad. Just God. for being a beta male idiot who never stands up for his daughter even one time. This this actor is way too good in this role because he's the dad on Stranger Things and he's the exact same way in that show. And <laughs> As soon as me and Josh Sean were like, oh, fucking hell, this, oh, god damn it. And sure enough, he's playing the exact same type of dude in this show, in this movie that he does in Stranger Things. And I'm like, god, this guy sucks. I'm like, this actor's really good in, the, in these type of roles, but god, he sucks. Yeah, he's just a, he never even, like, feels, I mean, like, at the, like, at the end of it, when he's, like, in the cemetery, like, he's just like, yep, okay, you know, I want to get to Fuddruckers, so let's hurry this up, like. Jesus, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you watched your wife he, and your daughter in the same day, and you're just like not even and he has like it's kind of implied he's got this weird like thing for his stepdaughter. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if he had something to do with Lisa's mom's murder. Well, that shit never came back. I was actually yeah, let's talk about that for a second. So before we go into the timeline of the movie, um Lisa's mother was killed by a masked assailant who broke into their home and just axe murdered mom. And that never comes up again. I was expecting that to be a plot point or like the guy comes back to finish the job or something, but that just never came back into the spotlight. I expected it too, but I kind of like how they just mention it and then move on. It's never brought up again. Like, yep, Lisa's mom was murdered. Yeah. I thought it was going to be revealed that dad did it. I thought that's where we were going with that. Me too. I thought like maybe the dad did it to get with like this, this new chick or like, yeah, they killed him. They killed mom together for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, because they make the mention that he got married to her pretty quick. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that was like a subplot that they got cut for time or something. It could have been. Maybe it was something they were going to do, and then like they had to edit it out. Yeah. But uh, I, I, at the same time, I thought it was kind of funny that we mentioned and never talked about it again. I was like, oh, okay. Also, how 
fucking twisted for stepmom to constantly bring that up. Like, you know, like you're so desperate for attention because you're not, you know, you were hot stuff when your mom was killed, but now you're not it's like, Jesus Christ. What a horrible thing to say to somebody. Yeah. Like, I don't think I would hope no one is trying to get clout off their parent getting murdered. Jesus. Does the name Menendez mean anything to you? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, they didn't even get the clout they wanted, so let's calm down. Yeah. I just think of the whole 1-800-business joke from, from Time Suck. Business, business. Good times. Um, I was very surprised at the way the that Taffy's character unfolded. I was fully expecting her to be like the you know cheerleader, bitch, sister, bully. But she's actually a decent person who really does try to keep Lisa involved and look out for her. Yeah, I... I really enjoyed that her character was um not written to be the stereotypical awful stepsister and more of like a genuinely good person that actually really was trying to look out for her and defended her against her own mom at various points. Until until she fucked Lisa's crush. That was that was a, a line you don't cross. Yeah, yeah, that was I was like, oh but you know, there are our creature more than made up for that discretion. <laughs> oh, he, that he came in real big with that. I was like, okay. Yeah. Came in swinging. Literally. Uh, so let's with that. Let's. Oh, uh, but I also forgot to mention, this is the directorial debut of Zelda Williams, uh, Robin Williams daughter. Yes. And uh, I see a promising future uh, as a filmmaker. I thought she did a really good job. She looks so much like her dad. It's, it's, it's weird. Like I just, I see Robin in her face and it just makes me happy. Yeah, I know. I, you know, what's funny. I didn't click on that for like the longest time. And then someone's like, you know, this Robin Williams. So I was like, Oh shit. I should have clicked on that last name. Fuck. Yeah. And you know, Robin Williams was a huge, he was a big gamer named her after the legend of Zelda. So, <laughs> Yeah, it, it did not click for long time until someone mentioned. I was like, oh, yeah. So, you know, good for her pursuing um, um, a career um, behind the camera and trying to be a director. I, I hate that the box office is happening with her de- debut film, but, you know, hopefully that does not stop her from like having a very thriving career moving forward. I'm hoping, considering next week's uh, releases are pretty niche, uh, that this gets a bit of a Valentine's Day boost. Because it's a you know kind of a love movie. There's a possibility. I mean, who's really rushing to see Madame Web for the Valentine's Day date? Well, us, regrettably, but you know, normal people, not not a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, Catherine Newton uh is having a pretty good good uh well possibly year. I mean, you know, she's slated to be an Abigail, which looks promising. Uh. And uh, she'll always be Claire Novak from Supernatural for me. Yeah, I always mention that to Josh, and he likes to make fun of me. But I'm like, hey, she was uh, in stuff before Freaky, because that's how he knows her. I'm like, nope, she was in Supernatural first. Yeah, she was, and, you know, Castiel's vessel's angry, angsty daughter who kept getting into shenanigans the Winchesters had to bail her out of. <laughs> yep, she was really good. I liked her character in the show. You know, she could kind of be moody. I always felt supernatural and I love that show to death. It's one of my all time favorite shows. So I'm not saying this as a a negative per se. I'm not saying this as a slight. I don't think the show was that great at writing female characters. It never was. Yeah. Like unless it was Charlie or Jody Mills. No one ever really got any, any limelight or like a good arc or anything. (laughs) Yeah, they never really were good with female characters. And then they did this weird thing where they would sometimes like try to write like love interest for them. But then I guess like fan backlash would get bad because God bless the Winchesters have anything happy in their lives. No, it is the brothers suffering together or it's nothing. Yeah, so they just turn around and fucking be like, well, they're not love interests. They're dead. Yeah, it is weird that in 15 seasons there was no serious like love interest for either one of them that lasted more than like three episodes. Yeah. yeah, it was weird. And they did it all the time. Like for 15 seasons, they just kept trying to do it. And I'm like, it's not going to click guys. Just stop trying. I was like, I'm, I would be fine with them having love interest, but I'm also not a psychotic fucking fan. 
no, I just want what's good for you know the show. Give, you know, give me a good story. Again, that's all I ever look for in literally everything I consume. You know, movies, TV, video games, books. I just want a good story. Yeah, I, that's all I care about. But uh, yeah, I every time I you know Catherine Newton's really um think you know she she's having a hell of a crew post supernatural um because especially in the horror genre she's been doing a lot of genre stuff um to the point that she actually has another one coming out this year with uh abigail yeah abigail yeah i yeah i hope that doesn't suck i really don't want it to suck but you know i guess we'll see and i mean suck as in a you know a bad movie not a like a vampire i'm not making a vampire pun i feel like you're making a vampire pun. uh Pun. I can't speak. A vampire pun. Uh, why, why, I, I doubt it's going to suck. It's radio silence, dude. Yeah, that's a good point. So, we'll, yeah, that's probably going to be pretty good. Yeah, I'm like, God, dude, it's the guys who gave us Ready or Not and Scream 5 and 6. Five, five Cream. You got you to say it right. Five Cream. I'm saying Scream 5. The joke is, is past this prime. Much like, so you're saying the cream is expired? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. So Cole Sprouse as the creature. Uh, I keep forgetting this is, you know, huh? I will say Cole Sprouse, another person that I'm attached to because of my childhood. Um, him and his brother, everyone knows him and his brother from Riverdale, apparently, um, or one of the two. Um, but him and his brother were in The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody back on the Disney Channel back in the day. That's right. Um, that I used to watch for my siblings. So I uh I I am very happy to see him doing stuff um now. Um like I said, I don't watch Riverdale, so I don't really give a shit about that one. Mm-hmm. Um I know a lot of fans that kind of like don't think the new seasons are that good. I thought Riverdale um, ended. It did finally end, but I'm saying like a lot I he was in that as well. Um but I'm really glad to see him um doing stuff and especially doing that. I thought it was really good. Him and Captain Newton are really good in this movie. He's hilarious. Like I went, I, I heard he did some like informal mime training to learn how to, you know, act without his voice. And I thought he was fantastic. He's the standout to me. Uh, I never watched the sweet life of Zach and Cody, but you know what I did watch big daddy. Oh, what? Oh, he wasn't big daddy. He yep. was him and his brother were, uh, were the kid from, from big daddy. Uh, the kid whose name escapes me, but, I can't. I haven't seen Big Daddy in so long. I forget they were um in that movie. Mm-hmm. I love Big Daddy. That movie's one of Sandler's funniest fucking movies. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he's back. This takes place in 1989. Very obvious from the aesthetic, just you know the way people are dressing, the way the cars look, the houses. Mm-hmm. They did a great job replicating the the late 80s with this movie. Uh love that, especially in the costume design. Yeah, no, they did a really, they did a good job with that, and um, I really, yeah, the, the, the production design of this film was impeccable as far as making it feel like uh, the the '80s and stuff like that, without it feeling like every other '80s thing we've seen since that is still the decade we're fucking just creaming all over. Um, yeah, I'm still, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm still waiting for the '90s to get its due. I'm just saying. Um, the thing about the '80s is it was so fucking happy. It was all that Coke and that it was the Coke and it was the pop music and it was like the so, pop, the rock and the rap all worked together to make just good shit. Just good vibes it, happening all the time. Was it happy or was it drugs masking up the depression? Is there any other kind of happiness? <laughs> that's, that's what we get, man. People haven't been organically happy since like the 60s. This is fair. No, even the 60s, they were doped up. Oh, counter revolution, yeah. or whatever they called it. Um, yeah, the eighties. Like the tr- the trick to looking, you know, to establishing a realistic sense is the uh, subtlety. You can't just have you know everyone in go go boots with a boombox. It's it's the little the little things, you know, just like the music playing in the background, or you know, somebody's dressed as like you know somebody walks past possibly dressed in a thriller jacket it's just the little things where you you subconsciously are like oh we're in the 80s because it's not really explicitly stated at first that we're in the 80s it takes a bit for them to somebody to say like this is 1989 you just have to get on board yes and uh 
I think what has happened, and you know, Strange Things was like the show that kind of kicked off, and more recently, our love for the '80s, and everything just keeps trying to ape it. Um, I think the issue is is that for something like Stranger Things, or even like Lisa Frankenstein, or like Summer of '84, ones I name that feel fresh and actually try to do something different and actually be authentic to that time period. You have a lot of stuff that's like, how can we just just give us the style, give us the same songs that bugs me so much, the same '80s songs we hear in every other goddamn '80s loving thing, and cram it in there, '80s. And I'm like, you got to give me more than that. So I'm really glad with what this one did with it, because I actually really enjoyed its '80s uh, setting and um, production design. As did I. As did I. I've always the '80s is probably my favorite decade of popular culture. Films, music, like that was just tops for me. I, I'm nostalgic about it, and I wasn't even fucking there. Like, so I, I was born in '92, so I wasn't. Yeah, I was born in '95, so I never, I never saw the '80s. But I grew up with '80s films, you know, Back to the Future, Beetlejuice, Roger Rabbit. Like these were my movies. So I grew up with a love of the '80s, and I've never stopped. If I ever had a time machine. I would 100% go back to 1980 and just live through it. I wouldn't do anything else with the time machine. Would you do the copious amount of Coke from back then? You kidding me? 80s Coke was like a vitamin that just helps you party more. It was the gift they kept on giving. Damn right. I'd do, yeah, I, I'd do stockbroker level of Coke. I'd go nuts. I probably wouldn't make it to 82, admittedly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'd, I'd go wild. Um, Ron Swanson for Coke. <laughs> I mean, what like heroin's the drug of choice in the '90s. I mean, you can't exactly party on heroin. Yeah, that, that's that's true. Well, then that's why you know I think everyone was openly depressed in the '90s and early 2000s. Everyone was on fucking heroin. Yeah, coke. You ever met a sad cokehead? Nope. <laughs> I don't know. Last time I, I mean, Jim Jeffries described a coke wink once, and um, that sounds depressing. That was a wild bit. <laughs> I knew you'd get that. I love that bit. Uh, I wonder who the other comedian was. I'm very curious on that, on who he was referencing. I mean, anytime I hear, you know, a, a, a bit about like a comedian who did something horrible, like rapey, I just automatically assume it's Russell Brand. No, I mean, that's not a bad one to go to. Sometimes, like, I get so annoyed, but I understand. Like, I get, for legal reasons, they probably can't name the person involved. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, just do it. Like, who cares? Their career is probably shot anyway. I know. I, yeah. If I ever if I ever run into Jeffries, that's what I'm going to ask him. Like, hey, who was it? Who, who was your Coke Wank neighbor? Who was it? <laughs> uh, anyway, back. Back to Lisa Frankenstein. Uh, Lisa, I think she's like supposed to be 17, 18. Um, reeling from her mom's murder, pretty emotionally shut in. You know, hangs out at a cemetery, making rubbings of the gravestones and just venting to this one gravestone that has like a handsome looking dude on top of it. She doesn't have any friends apart from her stepsister, uh, Taffy, who's actively trying to help Lisa come out of her shell. She makes a couple of, you know, random disparaging remarks about her looks, but you know, she's also a teenage girl in the eighties. That's going to happen. Yeah. It's one of those things that like she has her moments. So obviously she's, she says some kind of mean, but what I like is that when she does, she's always quick to be like, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. Like she's real quick to like, be like, Hey, look, that was probably not something that should have been said. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll give you credit. She's, I, she's like a mean girl in recovery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, did you, did you get vibes of, like a young Winona Ryder, um, with Catherine Newton's performance? Oh, very. Yeah. Heather's was such a obvious influence on this movie. Like that's I was thinking of Heather's. I mean, so I was like, well, how much they watch Heather's for this role? Yeah, I was the second people started dropping dead, I was like, oh yeah, this is Heather's. <laughs> yeah, which I mean, hey, if you haven't seen Heather's, folks. Good movie. Check it out. Heather's is awesome. Great, super dark comedy and just a really evil Christian Slater character. I, yeah, I, Heather's is fun. Yeah, lots of fun. Um, which, hey, it's kind of cool. I, I love that we make that comparison in the year that we're getting Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, that's called. 
with Winona Ryder coming back and the newest young uh, Burton Muse in uh, Jenna Ortega. Yeah, it's time to turn up the juice, see what shakes loose. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, and you know with the title, like, he's he's planning a third movie. Oh, yeah, that's what everyone's been saying. I'm like, with that title, he's absolutely has a third one that he's thinking of. Yeah, it's showtime. I hope uh, Gina Davis returns in the third one. I highly doubt Alec Baldwin will, but uh, Gina Davis. Yeah, I'd about to say, we know for Gina Davis coming back. I'm, I'm surprised we're actually getting this sequel. This was one of those things I thought, hey, it's never going to happen. I'm so glad that it happened outside of the original sequel idea, Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. I'm so glad that never happened. Oh, God, yeah. But I really hope they reference it. Like, I hope the first time we see Beetlejuice, he's in, like, a Hawaiian shirt or something. I I'll, I just want, like, oh. a little nod to that. That'd be cool, yeah. I'm sure maybe they do have something for that. We'll see. Yeah, I'm I'm psyched. We're going to... I know we mentioned this before on one of our shows, but we are definitely going to do some a, a big Beetlejuice thing on the on the podcast for that. Uh, oh, yeah. We've never actually done Beetlejuice on any iteration of our show, which is kind of nuts. Really? Yeah, we've never touched Beetlejuice. Huh, I'm surprised. I know. It's one of those things where I'm like, you know, oh, we're going to do it this time, but then we, you know, didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's usually <laughs> uh, So, yeah, Lisa alone decides to go. Uh, her, her stepmom's kind of a bitch. It's giving, always giving her digs. You can tell that she sees Lisa as a threat to her perfect better homes and gardens existence. And uh, Taffy's always like, hey, mom, maybe be a little nicer to Lisa. She's dealing with a lot. And dad never looks up from his newspaper and just kind of lets nature take its course without him. Yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> I like how, and I, I, oh God, her, again, her fucking dad, man. Because, like, I know if that was, like, my kid and... Like if I was in his shoes, right? My kid, and that's my new wife, and she's talking about committing my fucking kid. Oh, we're gonna have some words. Like that's not going to happen. I would, I would never marry somebody who wants to alienate me from my child. That that's like the biggest possible red flag a single parent can, you know, find in a human being. Yeah, I I would have. Oh man, when you say we need to talk about community, I'd be like, we need to talk about divorce if you keep that coming up. How's that sound? However, Carla Gugino is insanely hot, so I get it. She's aging well. Like my God. Yeah i I enjoyed the the bitch where she was in the Jane Fonda workout clothes. That was a that was a good bit of the movie. The few people that caused this to get just shy of four million dollars, I think most of them did. Feel like you know, beginning Starship Troopers. Like you know, I'm doing my part. How I feel with a lot of these movies. Like I'm doing my part. I'm trying to show the studios we need more films like this, but no one else shows up. Nope. Uh so Taffy takes Lisa to a party after learning that she's got a crush on this guy Michael Trent, who's like the head of the uh, school newspaper. He's you know learned, likes to quote Oscar Wilde and shit. He's it's surface level intelligence to look smart, you know. You can you can always. Oh, get... it's it's funny because I remember you know when you're in like high school, you you think that kind of guy is so cool and stuff. Like you know, you fall for it because you're a fucking idiot. You're a high schooler. But man, watching this as a 31 year old, immediately I went, "This guy's a fucking phony. Don't go for him, Lisa." I'm like, "This guy's a piece of shit," and you don't realize it. Nope. But Lisa tries to look cool in front of him and chugs an entire cup of mystery liquid and ends up quite fucked up. Yeah, pretty sure it was like PCP or some shit laced into that. Yep. And they all kind of just watch her trip. And uh, this one little nerdy dude decides, oh, Lisa's in trouble. I should help her. And starts leading her up to a bedroom. And every normal person is like, no, no. Like, yeah, don't, don't go in there. Stay where there are people. Yeah, do not isolate yourself drunk with a little man. Don't do it. Especially a nerdy man. No offense. They they have issues in high school that sometimes carry over into their adulthood. I'm just yeah. saying, you can look on Twitter for proof. They're called incels, and they don't value you as a human being. Uh, so nerdy guy starts talking to Lisa, who's all fucked up, and then just grabs her tit and puts her hand on his, on his balls, and she reacts poorly and he, he what does he say like don't be a tease or something like that yeah he said you're don't don't leave me on then or something like that like 
pretty much immediately blames her. Says like she did delete, even though she shrugged the fuck up. And right. yeah, and I guess they were lab partners, so I'm assuming he thought her just talking to him was like a lead on. You know what I mean? Like I, I guarantee he's that type of dude. Like, look, guys, gentlemen, young young lads out there. <laughs> Just because a, a pretty lady talks to you does not mean they're always hitting on you. I'll give you an example. Yesterday, as we were recording this yesterday, I went out to eat with Josh and his son after we had a day at Apex. The waitress, the server, whatever we call them nowadays, super nice lady, comes to the table. I'm I'm sitting on the side of the table. It's just me on my side. So she plop, she just pops down next to me and is very friendly asking us for our order and then makes a quick joke looks at me makes a quick joke and goes hey sorry i sat next to you i have a thing for bald guys and i just laugh because i know <laughs> like hey, yeah because i know she's not fucking kidding on me she's a server she's just providing exceptional customer service so guys realize that for the love of god caleb i i have some news for you i i, I think she i think she was indeed hitting on you if she was, it's too far gone now. Yeah, that's that's not a great example. Because she sat down next to you and actually, actually said to you she has a thing for bald guys. Yeah, that's basically her with a giant neon sign that says, ask for my number. She could have just given the number at that point. <laughs> you... <laughs> I didn't think, I was like, ah, she was being nice, whatever. Yeah, she was being very nice. She Yeah, she was into you. I don't know why I I because you're bald. That. That's why she told you why. Connor, don't. <laughs> Are you gonna be that guy that, like at the strip club? Like when they sit down next to you, you're like, "This is the one." Like this wasn't a strip club. This was a restaurant. <laughs> Big difference. <laughs> we don't know that. <laughs> oh my god. Well, as you ponder what might have been, I'm gonna continue. Um, I won't ponder. She was just being nice. She wanted a good tip that night. Did she get one? I didn't pay. Josh paid, actually. That that wasn't what I asked. <laughs> okay. I love these impromptu, unscripted episodes. You never know what's going to come out. I love it. So, Did you actually script any of our episodes for real, though? I have never scripted a First Thoughts. Not once. Nice. Off the cuff. This is this is real podcasting. This is organic. You know, you never know. See, I don't even know what to say next because I started a sentence and now I don't know where to go with it. Yeah, you're really good. Point is though, I'll I'll, I'll help us get back into this. Point is, guys, you do you guys like grow into incels and get real rapey women in these party environments? Not every single woman that talks to you is hitting on you. Sometimes this just called being fucking nice. And also, regardless, don't sexually assault drunk women. That's, you know, that's the big one. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. don't do not do that. Don't sexually assault any women, regardless of how much they've been drinking. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Let's, 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 especially, uh, I, I seem that, I feel like that's a culture that uh, college campuses and high school, I guess, still needs to fight. Stop, stop being young, dumb, and, and full of calm and, Trying to rape women, sweet Jesus. Ah, well, Lisa uh, has quite the trip. Wakes up uh, back at home somehow, and um, well, I mean, Taffy ran into her, so Taffy somehow took her home. There we go. Wait, or did no? Because she ran into the graveyard. Remember, she mentioned the shortcut. Mm. Yeah, it was kind of unclear how she exactly found her way back through all that, but uh, yeah, she, hey. she went to the graveyard, came back, the mirror like smashed the mirror in the bathroom and pissed off Carla again. Yeah, I was going to say, look, as someone who has like been drunk at a party before, you end up places you don't always know how the hell you got there, so it, it, it makes sense. Oh, okay. As long as it's not a weird occurrence that you should be worried about. No, no, no. It happens sometimes. Sometimes you're like, I don't know how I ended up here. I was being sarcastic, and I'm, I'm worried you didn't pick up on that. I, well, I can't see your fucking face. I can't. I can only go by the tone of your voice right now. I, I thought my tone of voice was very specific to sarcasm, but I guess not. I'll have to work. No, on it. I need to see. Yeah, you do need to work on it. I and guess I'll have to lay it on a little thick like this. Do, can, are you picking up on it? I need your goddamn camera to work so I can see your face. 
my my webcam is on the fritz so we're doing this i can see caleb he can't see me so he's having to kind of listen a little extra carefully yeah i'm looking into like the void on my end uh so while all this was happening a weirdo supernatural storm hit the, hit the town and that grave she was always talking to got struck by lightning and who should wander into the house after everybody goes out for some reason, but a zombie. And this is pretty funny. She's trying to fight off the zombie and the zombie's just trying to be trying to get her attention. Yeah. yeah that was a really funny sequence how they did it. Cause like you, I like how you hear him at the door and you're like, Ooh, okay. And then like when they do the camera, you just see him burst through the window. You get this really fun sequence where he is just chasing her around the house trying to get her attention and she is just trying to get away. Yeah. And eventually like the mud kind of falls off his face and she realizes like, Oh, you're the, you're the young man from the, the, the bust in the, uh, in the grave, in the graveyard and has this kind of like, Oh, wow. Doesn't once question the fact that there's a reanimated corpse <laughs> in her bedroom as you wouldn't, I guess. And no, that's uh, a normal day. Yeah. That's just Tuesday. She, uh, He's missing his hand. Uh, he can't talk. He doesn't have an ear. And as we later find out, no cock. So, you know, that's all going to, you know, rain on your parade when you're trying to get laid, which is what he's trying to do. I mean, he's in love, but he's also he's trying to get laid. <laughs> Actually, she's trying quite hard to get laid. Um, he's trying really hard. Yeah. So he she hides him from the rest of her family. They come home and the place is trashed and they're like, what the hell happened? And she's like, there was a burglar. And Janet's like, are you that desperate for attention? You broke my hummels. Right. God. Don't get me wrong. I have things that I've bought that I really like that I would not want broken. I don't know if I've had, if I would have her reaction though. Well, just the automatic assumption that Lisa's lying for attention is pretty fucked up. Oh, yeah, it goes straight to that. Doesn't even remotely consider that she might have said something. Like, I like not like, hey, maybe listen to her saying there's a burglar and check to make sure she's okay. Let's go straight to like, she's doing this for attention. Yeah. Um. So they, they all go to bed. Lisa starts talking to this creature and has him shower, puts you know, he puts on clothes and she tells him, like, so I'm not really in love with you. I just wanted somebody to talk to. And he starts crying. And every time he cries, he basically is crying toxic sludge. <laughs> and she reacts to it. And it's always hilarious. Oh, yeah. The constant, like, it smells really bad. Like, that was making, that was good. That was a good running gag. Yeah. What did she say? It smells like a hot toilet at a carnival or something like that. Yeah. She kept coming up with something new to compare it to. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Janet decides she's had enough of this shit, uh, cancels her work trip to confront Lisa about all the problems they've been having and threatens to, to have Lisa committed to a reform school slash mental hospital. Uh, the creature overhears this and just straight up murders Janet, which I was totally okay with at that point. I thought she'd knocked her out. I thought he'd knocked her out and like they were going to have to explain it later. But then the blood was like, nope, she's dead. I thought they were going to resurrect her later. It's like when they start asking questions about where's mom, I thought they were going to like dig her up and put her in the tanning bed and like resurrect her as a mute zombie. That'd be a much different film. That's where I thought we were going. This this film like felt like it was heading in a few directions and then completely just turned left. And I appreciated that. Yeah, no, I look. I'm again. It's like where I talked about earlier with like people not seeing original films. But I like about this is that you keep thinking it's gonna go in one direction and then it doesn't. And, and in all fairness, if you actually pay attention, it's doing the same thing all those '80s like films that they are being influenced by are doing. Yeah, but it still finds a really unique, fun spin on it. Yeah, there's so much weird science in this movie. You know. Another 80s, you know, classic that doesn't make any fucking sense if you analyze it for even a second. But if you just turn your brain off and enjoy two nerds making a hot woman, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those films that, you know, most people are going to bitch about because it's 
to them age poorly, and I say, hey, 80s. Yeah, different fact, time, people. Uh, the character, the lead character in this movie, Lisa, is named after the you know super hot magic girl that the two nerds create in Weird Science. Her name was Lisa as well. I didn't know that. I haven't seen Weird Science myself, so it's I didn't not, know that. It's not a good movie, admittedly. I'm sell. I know I'm selling it here, but I'm. I don't know why. I didn't. I didn't like it. So there's a chance I'll like it. Then is what I'm hearing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm one of those guys who can't turn his brain off and needs an explanation for pretty much everything. Yeah, I know. It's it's infuriating sometimes. I know. I know. Believe me, you are not my only friend who does not like that. Oh, I know I'm not. I know. I change for no one. I need you to change that. I need you to work on that and just I have, sometimes enjoy the film. I have tried. Believe me, I have tried, but... I can't if there's like blatant shit that's happening for no reason. I can't just be like, why is like I can't just be OK with that. I got to be like, what is this? Why is this happening? It's just a natural curiosity. I can't just suppress that. Sounds like party pooper mentality is what it sounds like to me. Oh my God. Have you ever not had fun with me? Let's calm down now. <laughs> ah, so apparently creature... I need you. Apparently I need you in my life to just tell me when I'm getting hit on or not. Well, you need somebody, that's for damn sure, because I, the way you're telling it, that's the most obvious <laughs> come on I've ever fucking heard in my life. It was like that one restaurant experience you and me had. <laughs> Again, you didn't do shit there either. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> that's just, that's funny that like, I mean, admittedly, you know, restaurants are a tough place to ask someone out because they are, they could just be being nice. But in your case, it does sound pretty obvious she was into you. I really hope it was her being nice because I thought she was attractive too. And I'm like, God damn it. I really hope she was being nice now. Well, you know, maybe, you know, you love the food so much. You want to go back there next weekend. It actually was pretty good food. <laughs> yeah. It's a new restaurant opened up near me called Bubba's. Is it Bubba's 33 by chance? Yes. Holy shit. I just discovered that place near me. That's weird. They're open oh. near uh, military bases. Oh, nice. Well, it's pretty good. That's fucking awesome. Cool. Neat. It is good. Now <laughs> <laughs> uh, that we've had that moment. Yeah. That's where I, yeah I, we found that place like a few weeks ago near uh, Randolph, and I was like, that's pretty good. Um, oh, okay. That's very cool. So yeah. the creature has killed Janet. She rips her, he rips her ear off and tells Lisa, like, which in monster speak means, Hey, sew this to my head so I can hear you. And she does. And then somehow the tanning bed that, uh, Taffy won in a contest or something is able to like revive dead flesh. I don't oh, All right. And, uh, yeah, I went, I went with it. I did too. At this point, I'm like, all right, this, in this case, I, there's a lot of shit that goes unanswered in this movie, but I, I did let it slide this time. Oh, this time we let it slide. So we... no, it was a good movie. If, 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 God if damn it's a it. good movie, that surpasses any lingering questions. But if the shit movie and I'm asking questions, then I then I want answers. No, now you're just adding a new caveat to this. I have had the same caveat. My 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 watching my movie watching rules have never changed. I feel like they have. They have not. They've been the same my entire life. I I I disagree. <laughs> You just don't like it when I don't like a movie that you like. You yeah. act like I just spit on your shoes. You have in that instance. You have. Well, I like this one and you liked this one. So we're on we're, we're on equal ground here. <laughs> uh, so. The ear thing works somehow. I love when she starts like shrieking and he like starts shrieking and she, he's just like, like kind of scared. Oh yeah, well, he's just she, what was she yelling? Can you hear me now or something like that? Yeah, just constantly louder in his ear. I'm like, Jesus, stop <laughs> yelling in his ear. Oh, I thought that was cute. Um, throughout all this, uh, she's trying to get Michael Trent to like her, and the creature is like pining after her because he came back to life for this woman, and all this woman, this woman friend zones him immediately, and he's like so sad about it. I would be too. It's, I mean, look, Catherine Noon, not a bad looking lady. I'm just saying. I yeah. would be too. I'd, I don't know if I'd come back to life for her, but yeah. Um, I don't think I'd do that. I, if I'm dead and it's 
afterlife is a is a peaceful place, I'm staying dead. What if the afterlife is like, you know, the afterlife from Talk to Me? You coming back from that? Yeah, then I am coming back for Catherine Newton. It's happening. I'll come back for a Fig Newton. I just don't want to be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So now they're realizing like, oh, we can take care of our enemies and get them some body parts and all will be right with the world. So who who fits the bill? Little Doug, lab partner, man. I was so hoping they were going to go back, go after that little shit. Oh, yes. I was like, oh, good, good. Go after someone I want to watch die because fuck that guy. <laughs> She's like, that hand was going to do terrible things. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, they cut off his hand. He dies. They put the hand on the creature. Now he can now he has two hands and he shows he tries to you know play some piano for uh for Lisa. I love the song he picks Can't Fight This Feeling by Ario Speedwagon. Oh yeah, I was very sweet, funny moment. Yes, and I I wonder if I do wonder if that was uh Catherine Noon actually singing because that was actually a pretty good performance on her on her end. Yeah, I think it was. Um I it took me a minute to be like, I know this tune. Uh, I love how he was like crying. He was so he thought it was such a beautiful piece of artistic expression. Yes, and then he just like immediately we get the joke of oh god, don't cry, it smells. <laughs> oh, so yeah, every time the creature goes in the tanning bed, he starts to look more and more human and less like a dead guy. So you know he's becoming more and more Cole Sprouse and less yes. Dylan Sprouse. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Um, they they're twins. They look pretty much the same. I know. I just I saw the opportunity. I don't know. What's Dylan Sprouse up to? Uh also acting, maybe, probably. I wonder if they ever trade like days, like, hey, I don't want to come into Riverdale work today. Can you cover me? Jesus. I if I had a twin, I'd do that shit all the time. I, I know you would. I was I saw this documentary. I didn't watch it, but I saw it um advertised. There was a these twins did like a nutrition uh like experiment where one of them ate healthy and worked out for a year and the other just ate like shit and didn't work out for a year just to see what they look like at the end of the year. They don't look similar uh, anymore. That's for sure. Yeah, true. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm looking up. Oh, he, oh, well, he does have uh so Dylan Sprouse has a romantic comedy coming out this year called a uh, beautiful wedding. Wow. Which I guess is a sequel to Beautiful Disaster, which I wasn't um, aware of. Sure. Okay. Well, good for him. Glad he's got, you know, getting... getting Sorry, I'm looking at it. So, Beautiful Disaster is a romantic drama, but Beautiful Wedding is a a romantic comedy. I wish more sequels, like, jumped genre like that. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, or kind of like when you know we get House of a Thousand Corpses and then like Devil's Rejects, two completely types of like horror films. I mean, those are pretty much the same. No, I don't think that's a great example. It is a great example. You're just being an asshole right now. It would be like if House of a Thousand Corpses came out and then the Devil's Rejects is like a PG animated comedy. So the monsters. See that's there's yeah there's a good there's a good example. No, I gave a good example. I, okay, you just want to be a dick. Uh-huh. Whatever you say. Point is, after my perfect example I gave you, um, yeah. Point is, Dylan Sprouse also working just wasn't in a re, in a film that came out this past weekend. Well, good good for Dylan. Uh, so creatures got hands, creatures got ears. Family still knows nothing about all this, but now they're starting to worry because nobody's heard from Janet in a while. So, which, hmm? which I'm about to say, Lisa, one of the one of the best jokes in this film when um she has him use her uh her vibrator. Oh, <laughs> yeah, as a back massager, and then she's like, you know, you can put this elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at that point. <laughs> More, it's more than friends. Oh yeah, I like when they, as that's happening, they cut to um, 
her stepsister and dad freaking out. Well, her stepsister freaking out about her, something happening to her mom, and you just see the lights go off and her like um, orgasm upstairs. <laughs> yeah, but it sounds like she's just worried about mom. Yeah, it was like the most perfect like punchline timing. Uh, so now the cops are starting to investigate because Doug has also disappeared. And uh, that one goth chick who keeps popping in and out claims that she saw Doug run off with Lisa. A goth chick? She has a real bone to pick with Lisa. Yeah. Clearly, you know, clearly goth chick's into Michael Trent and does not like Lisa pushing in on her territory. Yeah, I, I I always thought, like, hey, goths stick together, but apparently, no, no, no. This one wants to be the only goth on campus. Uh, every goth for themselves, that's for sure. Apparently. Um, so, Lisa does not play it off well. <laughs> makes her looks makes herself look very suspicious. And uh, goes to Michael's house because she realized she's at limited time and she needs dick like yesterday. Yeah, I've I've never seen in in a movie or something a woman quite on a mission to get some dick like Lisa is in this moment. I kept thinking of that scene in Joyride where Stephanie Chu was like talking to her boyfriend. And she's like, "I just need dick," and he's like, "I can be dick. I can, I can be dick." <laughs> Most people should have seen that film. That movie was hilarious, dude. Last year we had like just. So many fucking hilarious uh, female-driven comedies, and I'm so glad those ended up being great. Yes. I mean, between No Hard Feelings, Joyride, and Bottoms, it just, oh, God, it was great. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, we have potential, another favorite. potentially good one with Drive Away Dolls in a couple weeks. I really hope that turns out to be good. Oh, yeah. Hopefully. I'll say Bottoms was my, my probably my personal favorite from last year. So she went Marshawn Lynch. One of my favorite jokes with the the Holocaust, it happened. Any questions? Kid raises his hand. Holocaust, it happened. Moving on. Ah, <laughs> uh, mine. Mine was probably Joyride. Um, I, <laughs> the scene where they like end up with the backpacker who's like the drug pusher, and they just do all the fucking drugs. Oh to, my god! To try to get out of it, and they're trying to pull like all the balloons out of themselves, and shit. Stephanie, my shoes. asshole, not a bull pop. <laughs> yeah, it's not a bop it. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. Oh, dude, my I thought the most hilarious scene, which also kudos for like a mainstream like comedy from like driven by females having like a threesome scene in it. Uh, not the most raunchy one you've seen, obviously. Other types of films exist for that, but uh, I still gotta give him credit for pushing that in like a, a release in theaters film. Um, but that whole scene when they injured the different soccer players by or like fucking them was hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joyride was was really funny. I I recommend checking that out. Uh, I don't know where it's streaming because I bought it. So, uh, yeah, do whatever you do whatever you need to find it. Yeah, uh, last time I watched when I had watched it, I had I rented it off of Prime, but I don't know what it's streamed on now. Uh, yeah, I bought Joyride, I bought No Hard Feelings, and I'm gonna buy Bottoms. What, is that out yet? It should be. All right, I'll have to go track that down then. Um, so yeah, Lisa wants to. She doesn't want to die a virgin. She does want to die. She's made that very clear. But uh, she wants she wants to go out with some dick. So she goes to Michael's house to you know. Come on to him, and uh, he just fucked her stepsister. And it's implied that they've been secretly fucking this whole time. Yeah, and she tries to be like, you know, oh, I never meant to hurt you. It's like, fuck you. Like that was that was cold. And the creature is, you know, defending her honor, and also, you know, it, getting himself a little trophy. Yeah, it, it was a really good scene too. How he just burst in there and turns the music up. And like the slow mo as he's like axing the dick off, and then you see the shadow shot of it flying into the sky. It it was a really funny. It was a way funnier scene than it had any right to be. That was a clean cut. He got the complete dick and balls in one swing, and he Michael died pretty quickly. He bled out, and uh, Taffy is just screaming, completely traumatized. 
And I thought that was the funniest part of like the next 10 minutes of the movie of her, of Daffy just completely unable to comprehend what just happened to her and no one really addressing it. Yeah, no one giving a shit. There's bigger things to fry than her watching a zombie burst in the room, cut the dude she just slept with, cut his dick off, and then take it for himself. Yeah, when when Lisa's like trying to comfort Taffy in the car, and Taffy's like covered in his blood, like not blinking because she's so fucking broken by that, and Taff and Lisa's just like, "You really tried to help me, and I appreciate that," and like hugs her and like gives her the the rosary and all that, and Taffy's just like. Ah! Just like reacting like a wounded animal. <laughs> Jesus. Especially when she comes out of the woods, like, you know, clearly fucked up. And that one guy just drives right past her, like looks at her and is like, nope. <laughs> just keeps driving. Yeah. yeah just I mean, granted, that'd probably be my response for that. I'd be like, yeah, I'm not dealing with this right now. Oh, my God. Um, So the cops, they understand what's going on here. They go after Lisa and... Lisa tells the creature to kill her in the tanning bed. And that's a very sad moment. Of course, they fucked first. Yeah, um, which is accompanied by a beautifully animated sequence of his, um, of them climaxing, if you will. I mean, his tears are vile sludge. I can't imagine the rest of his fluids are up to par. I oh god, and I would hope they practice safe sex. And he pulled out. So if it smells bad, it's it's on her. I mean, that seems like a real easy way to get a serious sepsis infection. Yeah, that's that's how you get a, a UTI. You know what well, I would have done? <laughs> so I would have had them, you know, pork. He he finishes in her. With like his toxic sludge come. She gets pregnant, gives birth to a baby, and that baby is the Toxic Avenger. Boom. Sequel leads right into the Toxic Avenger remake. Whenever the fuck we get that remake. This would be that would have been a great way to just like, you know, coming soon in March. Boom, right there. I'm surprised there that doesn't happen more often. You know, secret sequels. Like that really you'd think that would happen. I would do that shit all the time. But See what happens is it doesn't happen now, but wait, wait until it's really successful with one movie, and then we'll get it all the time, and then we'll get tired of it. Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. well, thank you for shooting down my my enthusiasm. I appreciate that. Oh, mention it, buddy. <laughs> Ouch! I don't like how happy you were about that. <laughs> Yeah. Like you were waiting for an opportunity. I was waiting for my opening and I saw it and was like, oh, I'm going to shoot it down right here. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so, Creature kills Lisa in the tanning bed, burns her alive, and then later, he's seen reciting poetry. He can talk now. He's fully human. And now Lisa's a zombie in, you know, in recovery. So, they're going to be fine. Yeah. So now... If his fluids do smell bad, does it really matter? I mean, if I was the one accepting said fluids, yeah. Well, I mean, now that he's fully human, I doubt they smell bad. I hope so. Well, now the question is, will her stuff smell bad? Well, I mean, he was dead for like 200 years. She's been dead for like a day and a half. Yeah, so, probably not. Point. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, that's Lisa Frank. These are the hard-hitting questions we have during this movie. Yeah, this is like, you know, what's that, Inside Edition or some shit. Like, we're going to ask the real, you know, the real scoop. Um, well, how are you going to be able to fuck safely and not super smelly? Besides the usual sex smells. The usual sex smells. Uh, when you're going to introduce necrophilia to your movie in, like, a sweet, fun way, these are questions that are going to be asked. <laughs> Just saying. He's dead. She's dead. Someone's someone's fucking a corpse. Yeah, yeah. Corpse fucking. That's happening. Yeah. America. That's a hell of a t-shirt. Corpse fucking. That's happening. Is that a warning or a threat? Yes. 
fucking hell. Lisa Frankenstein's in theaters right now. Uh, probably not going to be for a while, considering you know if it's at if it continues the pace it's currently at. So go see it while you can. It deserves recognition. It's a fun movie. Uh, definitely going to become a cult favorite. I can see that happening. And uh, next week, Madam Web, Sony's latest attempt to jumpstart a Spider-Man franchise without Spider-Man. And Bob Marley, One Love, a biopic of the most beloved reggae artist of all time, which is getting kind of mixed reviews. So we'll see what happens. Uh, been a firm, probably not, from the team on Bob Marley, but uh, looks like Madam Web will probably happen. So uh, we're looking forward to shitting on Sony once again. I know we did a long time ago for Morbius. I have a feeling we're going to have the same kind of vibes going into this one. All right, dude, not, not a single one of those trailers has sold me. Look, I'll say this much. If I can stay awake <laughs> or not fight sleep, unlike I did for Morbius, while I was fighting sleep towards the end, I'll give it at least a half a point higher. Just for that alone. I'll ponder this question that I'll try to answer next week. Wouldn't it have made more sense to just make a Spider-Woman movie? Yeah, because it looks like all the women she's picking up are variations of Spider-Woman. Yeah. Like, yeah, you got Sydney Sweeney in this, who is the only one I recognize outside of Dakota Johnson. Fanning, whatever her fuck name is. It's not Fanning. Johnson, yeah, the one from that the 50 fucking Shades movies, whatever. Um, yeah, and then besides that, it's a bunch of our actors I really don't recognize playing different variations of like Spider-Women's in the comics, and it's like, okay, this is just a, a Spider-Woman movie, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Just for, I got I don't know. Maybe Marvel said, "No, you can't have that name." But you know, we'll we'll look into it. We'll see. I'm hoping it's at least better than Morbius. That's all I'm asking for. I that's all I want. That's, that's I've accepted that the only reason Venom works is because of Tom Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's like, look, just make this at least better than Morbius because that was a fucking slog to get through. Yeah, that movie's an embarrassment. Uh, so yeah, take it easy. Keep watching movies, and we'll see you next time.